The church we see is a family. A community of people from all cultures and generations. A place anyone can call home. The church we see is a reflection of Jesus. Demonstrated in the way we live and the way we love. The church we see is the hope of the world. Where lives are restored, healed, transformed. The church we see is an army of ordinary people. Yet we are kingdom ambassadors. Seeing heaven invade earth. This is the church we see. 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 Hi, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, it's such a pleasure to be with you. A big welcome to those in the room, to those in Cambridge, online, and in Leicester. It is a real delight to be here. Now, um, as Simon said, I am a teacher, and I make it my mission and mandate, where possible, to try and create a calm, relaxing atmosphere in my classroom, where possible, um, which is sometimes challenging uh, with 30 children. Um, but, you know, I have my own plants, my own lamps. Um, you know, if you were to walk past my classroom on any given day, uh, you'd probably hear some relaxing jazz <laughs> floating uh, through my classroom. I love jazz. It's on all day. And, you know, my, my natural personality on all the personality profiles is a peacemaker. I'm, I'm harmony, I'm all about the harmony. Um, and I hate conflict. Uh, I really dislike disagreements and arguments, sometimes to the point where I kind of run away unhelpfully, which means sometimes things are not resolved. Anyone kind of resonate with that? Um, which makes this message um, challenging for me and for many of us, because today we are talking about the church as an army. We are the army of God. Paul in Ephesians, he writes this, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You know, in this section of Ephesians, Paul talks about the church together fighting a battle. And, you know, I know that the language of battle is probably more resonating in our minds at the moment with everything happening in the Ukraine. But generally, I don't know how much you think, I think, about us being in a battle. You know, in the very ordinariness of our human lives, you know, waking up, brushing our teeth, going to work, doing the laundry, doing the dishes. How often do we think about us being in a battle? But actually, this is the truth, that in every moment of our lives, there is a behind-the-scenes war going on. So what is this war? Well, you know, the war that's depicted fictionally in, in films, you know, Avengers, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, this is a war of good versus evil. You know, there's good in the world, would you agree? <laughs> there's love, there's mercy, there's justice. And of course, there is evil, and we're seeing it on all around us. There is disunity, there is greed, there is injustice. And you know, when we acknowledge that there is good, we also acknowledge that there is evil. And you know, behind this evil, whatever form it takes, 
There are what the Bible describes as evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, mighty powers, evil spirits in the heavenly places. You know, other places in the Bible, these can be referred to as demons led by Satan or the devil. You know, we're not fighting against humans. We're fighting against evil. And this evil, Jesus calls the thief. He says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. You know, these are the forces behind war and racism and abuse. But the wonderful truth is that Jesus came. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen. You know, this is the foundational thing to remember in all of this, that Jesus has already won the war. You know, at the cross, he defeated sin and death and evil once and for all. And this passage here in Colossians, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Hallelujah. You know, evil has lost its authority. As my kids might say, no, 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 no. Come on. You know, and one day, Jesus will come again to fully eliminate all the remnants of evil on the earth. But until that time, you know, while we wait, he's calling us, his church, to rise up as the army of God, to bring his peace, to bring his righteousness, his kingdom, wherever we are. And so knowing this, let's explore three things that can give us confidence in this battle. Firstly, we are abundantly blessed. We are abundantly blessed. You know, the word blessed isn't, isn't a word we use much outside of church, you know, when we sneeze and when we say grace, you know, bless this food to our bodies, whatever that even means. You know, the reality is that we are blessed. And that's a wonderful truth. You know, earlier in the book of Ephesians, Paul writes, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, catch this, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. This is astonishing if you really think about this. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing No blessing has been withheld from us. And yet there's this this realisation that we have our whole lives to actually explore. What does this mean? You know, these blessings, what are they? We've kind of touched on them over the last few weeks. You know, they relate to the past. We have chosen on purpose before the foundation of the world. He's chosen us before the foundation of the world They relate to the present. We are adopted into God's family. We have free access to the Father. You know, a couple of years ago, I had this image of um, the Father God. He was in his study, books piled high, and he was working away, and I remember sort of creeping into the doorway, and I think he must have heard the floorboards creak because he kind of, he, he just dropped everything, and he held his arms open, and he said, Annabelle, my door's always open for you. 
That's what he says to us, to you individually and to us as a church today. Church, my arms are always open for you. We have free access to the Father. And they relate to the future. One day we're going to be united with Christ. And one day all things are going to acknowledge him as Lord. These are amazing blessings. And we really, really need to grasp this. Um, John Stott, a commentator, he wrote this. Some Christians seem to do little but pray for new spiritual blessings. Apparently oblivious of the fact that God has already blessed them in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Um, I have a lot of coats, um, many lovely ones. Most of the loveliest ones are from my mama. And, um, but for some reason, all the lovely ones are kind of in a, a cupboard that's in my study, and they often hide away. And, um, you know, if I go out to an event, and I come back, and I think, gosh, oh, I should have worn that coat. You know, let's open up all the cupboards and remember all the coats we have. Let's remember all the many blessings that we have in Christ. And Paul prays for us in Ephesians. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Let's pray that the the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened, that we may understand and grasp this amazing truth that we have been blessed. We are already as blessed as we're ever gonna be. Some of you need to hear that this morning. We are blessed. So firstly, we're abundantly blessed. And secondly, we have a solid defense. We have a solid defense. Um, During half-time term, Chris and I were in Edinburgh and it was the final of the Super Bowl. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's the kind of American football final. Chris loves American football. Um, I was wondering whether to stay up till four in the morning watching a sport I didn't care about. Um, in the end, I didn't. Um, I don't actually know too much about American football. What I do know is that they pour a lot into their defence. They have a whole team of coaches just dedicated to the defence so they can resist all uh, attacks of the opposition. You know, we have an amazing defense in the armor of God. And in this same passage where Paul talks of us fighting a spiritual battle, he also talks about our armor. So let's take a look. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Do you ever feel attacked, (laughs) under pressure? Ever face things that might cause you to, to trip up, stumble? 
You know, Paul talks here about standing in this whole passage. He actually says the word stand four times. This armor, it gives us the power and the ability to stand firm in the middle of the battle. But we need to put it on. I don't want to go out into the battle in my dressing gown. (laughs) I want to put on the full armor of God. You know, this is why I put this jacket on. This is the closest thing I have to armor. I want to put my armor on. I want to be ready. So let's have a look at this armor. There's a picture that should be coming up here. And it's modeled on the Roman armor of the time. And, you know, Paul talks about six elements. Firstly, he talks about the belt of truth. And this gathered together the soldier's tunic, and it would have given the soldiers an underlying strength and confidence. You know, when you face lies of the enemy, you have the belt of truth, the truth of what he says about you in his word. We have the breastplate of righteousness. This covered all the vital organs. It covers our hearts. You know, this word righteousness, it's about being made right with God through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. You are righteous in Christ. You have been made right with God. We have our feet fitted with the gospel of peace. And Paul has in mind here the the kind of half boots of the Roman legionary. So it had open toes, but had really um, solid um, soles, really heavy studded soles. This idea that we can have this rock solid confidence in the gospel of peace, the word of God. Then we have that shield of faith. These were the kind of the long, oblong shapes, uh, shields that covered the whole body, and these were designed to protect against flaming arrows. And it says that we can pick up this shield of faith to extinguish all the arrows of the evil one. You know, what might these arrows be? They could be accusations against your conscience, false guilt, fear, we can pick up our shield of faith in these moments as our defense. Then it says we have a helmet of salvation. Now this helmet would have been made from really tough metal. Not a lot could have got through it. This is on our heads, it covers our minds. You know, we have the hope of salvation. If you're ever discouraged or losing hope, you know you have the helmet of salvation, the hope of an eternity with your loving Heavenly Father. And then we have the sword of the spirit. And this was the only uh, piece of armor that was used for attack as well as defense. And um, the word used here is machaira. And it was this sort of short sword, not the long ones um, that I'd imagine, the short swords that suggests a sort of close personal encounter. You know, the, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And Jesus used this sword of the spirit against the devil when he was tested in the wilderness, when he said, it is written. You can imagine him with his sword going, it is written. And we can do that too. When we're facing accusation, when we're facing fear, you can get the word of God and say, it is written. So God supplies the armor. This is God's armor we're wearing, not ours. But it's our responsibility to put it on. But how? (laughs) How do we do this? Um, I remember many of our car journeys as a child, they started with prayer. And we'd often start our prayer times with, we put on the full armor of God, the belt of truth, 
the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith. We take out the sword of the spirit and in Jesus' name, and then we go off and pray for all the things on our hearts that day. If you're not in a habit of putting on the full armour of God, that's maybe a good way to start. Start your prayer times by putting on the full armour of God. And, and as you do that, imagine what's happening in the spirit as you're doing that, as you're putting on the belt of truth. Thank you, Jesus, that every lie that may come and lodge, want to lodge itself in my heart and mind today will, will not stick Thank you that as I put on the breastplate of righteousness, I've been made right with you, Jesus. I have free access into your presence. You know, as you pray your way through this, you're going to be standing taller that day. You're going to feel ready for your day. But remember, Paul is not writing this to individual soldiers. He's writing this to the whole army of God. You know, I don't want to be the only one walking out into the battle with my armor on and everyone else is in their tracksuits and dresses, you know? We wanna all be putting on our armor together so that together we have a strong defense. This is like a, a rallying cry to the church. Church, let's put on our armor together so that we have a strong defense and also so that we can advance together. We advance together. In this war, we want to hold our ground, but we're also called to advance. How? How can we do this? Well, firstly, we pray for others. Paul urges us in this same passage to stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You know, yes, we pray and cover ourselves, but we also pray and we cover each other um, the other night I had quite a vivid dream. I, I don't know if it was the cauliflower cheese I'd had the night before, um, but it was very vivid and I, I was in a battle and it was quite a fierce battle, uh, but I remember being surrounded by my fellow soldiers and feeling, you know, feeling the adrenaline, but also feeling really safe. Um, but then I remember towards the end of the dream, I found myself out alone and I, I saw the enemy about to come and attack me. And it was actually my HR manager. <laughs> she kind of <laughs> dealt the, the deadly final blow. And, um, and I remember just like weeping and like, thank you so much. And I, just that relief of just being covered was just immense. And this is just such a wonderful image. You know, we don't go into the battle alone. We have a battalion around us. I can't even tell you the countless times people have come to me and said, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. And I don't even want to think about the things I've been saved from because of the result of people's prayers. Um, you know, even the other day, amazing prayer warrior and woman in, in our Cambridge campus, Barbara, came up to me and she said, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. And you just, you know, it was quite a stretching month. And, you know, she's a busy woman. She's got a very busy job as a midwife. And it just, you know, just thought, oh, you're so busy and yet you're taking the time to pray for me. It just brought me such strength and encouragement. So how can we pray and cover each other? I know some of you, you are just leading the way in this and I just applaud you and thank you. Um, but, you know, for those of us who, who, who are not in a rhythm, how can we do this? Um, I don't know about you, sometimes I, I find I just, what, I don't know what to pray. And in those moments... This prayer shield, 
uh, is, my, is my friend. Uh, now, this prayer shield um, is a resource that you can download from our, our website. And it's an amazing resource, and it basically takes uh, each day, and it has a different theme for each day. So Mondays, we pray for health and protection. Tuesdays, we pray for provision. Wednesdays, relationships. Thursdays, spiritual maturity. Fridays, our destiny and purpose. Saturdays, our mission in the world. And Sundays, our weekend services. And it's just such a helpful way to just guide the prayer times. And in this prayer shield, there are scriptures and prayer points that we can pray through. And the idea of this prayer shield is that we, we pray not just for ourselves, but for all of those around us, our friends, our family, those in our life group, our leaders. But church, let's be praying for believers who are affected by the war in Ukraine. Let's lift up a shield over them. And you know, when this prayer shield was designed, um, it was designed to imagine that our shield, my shield, is joined with your shield, and everyone's shields are joined. I think there's a picture that should be coming up to show the power of our shields joined together in prayer. Let's cover ourselves, let's cover each other in prayer. And we can also advance together by giving together. Next week, as Simon said, I'm just so excited about our giving day. I love all the things that we can do to advance the kingdom of God here on earth. And, you know, I remember, uh, I must have been about 10, maybe young, I, I can't actually remember, sometime around the age of 10, this building hadn't been built yet, and I remember giving my pocket money, saving up my pocket money, and giving into the, the dream of this building and just look at all the ways we've been able to advance the kingdom of God through this amazing building. And, you know, I'm just so excited next week as we, as we go towards paying off the mortgage um, on this building that we're going to be able to, to sow new seeds into our Cambridge campus and all the other things we can do to advance the kingdom of God through our giving. I just can't wait. So to land, I just want to come back to the shoes of the gospel of peace. You know, it's actually shoes that are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You know, this gospel, this good news, it's not just for us in the room. It's not just for those of us at West Road or those online. It's for the hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands who need the peace of God. You know, I talked about being a peacemaker earlier, and that's what we are as we advance together, as we remember our blessings together, as we put on the full armor of God together, as we pray for each other, as we give together. We're taking the peace of God into the broken and chaotic and disrupted places in our world, into our workplaces into our cities, into our nation and nations. If I could invite the uh, worship team to come back. You know, this is our mission. This is our mandate. And as it says in one of my favorite songs, it's called Take Back by United Pursuit. It says, we're going to take back all the enemy has stolen. We're going to take back all the enemy has stolen. We're going to take back all of his ground. And we're going to advance together to bring his kingdom here on earth.
So we're going to respond together now. I'd invite you to stand if you're able. And we're going to sing in a moment. You know, this morning as I was praying, I just felt in my spirit that there are some people here who are just feeling vulnerable. And I just want you to hear the Father saying, you're not vulnerable. (laughs) That's a lie from the enemy. The enemy wants you to put your weapons down. But I want you to hear the roar of your Father saying, come on, rise up. So if that's you, if you're feeling vulnerable, why don't you just place a hand on your heart? And why don't you just imagine in your mind And in fact, all of us, even if you're feeling strong, let's together, let's just do this together. Jesus, we put on right now the belt of truth. And if it it helps you to just do it physically, (laughs) I put on the belt of truth. We put on the breastplate of righteousness that says we are free, we are forgiven, we are righteous, we are made righteous in Christ. Together we put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. We take up our shield of faith against all accusation, against all lies of the enemy that say you're weak, you're not, you're strong. Pick up your shield of faith. Pick up your shield of faith. And we put on the helmet of salvation. If some of you are just discouraged right now, Put on the helmet of salvation that covers your mind, that gives you the hope of salvation. And take out the sword of the Spirit. Come on, pick up your swords of the Spirit. You're strong, you're not vulnerable. And this image I got this morning as we were praying was this of, you know, um, in these films when they're they're in battle and they're on their horses and they're in kind of a a diamond formation and there's always one, you know, the one on the white horse leading the charge. You know, that's Jesus. He goes ahead of us in the battle. He goes before us. And so we're not fighting our battle. We're not fighting in our own strength. We're fighting with the power of, of Jesus, our confidence is in Jesus. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing because of Him and what He has accomplished on the cross. We put on His armour, not ours. We pray in His will, His power, and we give only what He has given us. This is our confidence, church. So we're gonna sing and we're gonna declare this truth together in Jesus' name. Amen.